Well, hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, starring the one and only. Wait, I just pointed to me. Let's do this. It's flipped. I think it's it's it's, it's starring Ramon Foster over there. What's going on, Mo? Not much. Not much at all, man. Not much at all. You can tell it's been the bye week. We're really rusty. We don't know what side we're on. No, absolutely not. You're usually clutch with that type of stuff. Come on, man. I know. I used to have all that down. This is like the the weather people when they have those, you know, they have those screens behind them and they they're pointing to the map that doesn't really exist. I know. That's crazy. I didn't realize that was a green screen, by the way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I also did an in-studio hit one time, and I really didn't realize the anchors are looking at the words verbatim in their own voice you don't want to know they 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 use these screens to read their own names like it'll say hi i'm bob smith like yeah you couldn't have gotten that far without the help of the screen (laughs) what's crazy the whole run burgundy anchorman thing makes sense to me now This this show is brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they are always open for business with hot, healthy food, all kinds of options around the clock. Moan, it is the end of the bye week. Yeah. And I, I, I know that there's been some ups and downs for the Steelers, uh, and that's what you get with a 3-3 three and three record. Yeah. You're going to have some ups, and you're going to have some downs. You've had some players who've been – uh, outstanding. You've had some who've been disappointments here. I want to look ahead to start yeah. off here for the remaining 11, not 10, 11 games after this bye that are coming up here and try to project who will be the Steelers MVP from this point forward. You know, like I think yeah. looking back, look, first of all, let, let's, let's look back a little bit. Who would be your guy to this, to this, to this stage? To this stage, mm-hmm. probably TJ. Okay. TJ Watt, for sure, I think would be the MVP. He sticks out the most. He's done the most uh, so far. The games he's had against some big opponents is what you want of him, man. He's a nuisance on defense. I think moving forward, though, knock on wood, considering he's been Mr. Available, it probably will be at the end of the year. My pick, maybe a first. No, 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 not a first, but Cam Hayward. Oh, see, I I I go with Cam for the now? first six. Oh yeah. The only reason I give it to to Cam moving forward, one, the best ability is availability. Cam He's has been locked there. in. He's, He's out, out there. there. I think the impact that TJ brings to the team is huge. But yeah. the guy, I think that. Oh, okay. If we're looking at the Heisman or we're looking at the MVP and all those type of things, and unless you're like killing it, I always look at the availability of that person too. Win-loss record, of course, when you're talking MVP Heisman type stuff. But when we're looking at the team, I would probably lean most towards Cam. Although Cam, I'm going to say, ain't the best player, I guess, nationally. They'll give it to TJ. Most people give it to TJ, and he's special. But Cam is just as special, man, to be doing what he's doing at that position, to be drawing that type of attention. And also have people saying that he's not a Hall of Famer, not even close, not even the best player on the team. You laugh at that type of stuff because, again, when everybody's rooting for you, it's always got to be that one. And the big networks picked Cam to not be that guy. And I'm just like, that makes no sense to me, man. Who was it last weekend that said, you know, he's not even the best player on the deep, best D lineman on the defense? 
that ought to let you know you're doing something good right there. Oh, well, yeah, whenever you're starting to get people agitated like that. Yeah, I think with Cam's availability, it stands out all the more yes. because Stefan Tuitt, Tyson Alulu obviously haven't been able to play to date. So you look at Cam as kind of like the lone ranger there mm-hmm. in, in, in the middle of that line, and the fact that Cam is still going, but also he's grading so high, he's putting up such ridiculous statistics. And then we see in that Seattle game, Mm-hmm. where the Seahawks were like, where's 97? All right, we're <laughs> running over there instead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it was just like, we're just not – you see that is a significant impact on a football game. It, it is, and Cam is one of those dudes, man. Not only is he – Cam is one of the strongest players, I think, on the field. He's strong in the weight room too, but it also translates to the field. That's one thing I've always admired about him is that he's a guy that works hard, But a lot of time, honestly, just raw truth for you guys, if you see somebody that's like that, that's a a monster in the weight room, it usually doesn't doesn't translate to the field. It's weird how that works sometimes. James Harrison's one of those dudes that's strong and it translates. Cam Hayward's one of those dudes that's strong and it actually translates also. And that right there in itself, it shows itself on game day when he's cutting off the backside. He's pushing a guard right down the middle of his throat, and there's nowhere for the ball carrier to go. That's what Cam does. That's why you go away from a guy like that. And not only that, you make sure that you got two on him backside so that he doesn't cut, he doesn't find the gap also to make a TFL. That's the thing about him. He's strong enough to actually make that pivot point to push a guard or center back to misdirect the run. So, He's good at what he does, man. The the all pro is justified. The conversation about him chasing the yellow jacket, I think, is justified also. And to me, if I was going forward saying who's going to be the team MVP, it's got to be Cam for me. I, I think it makes the most sense. And this isn't a, well, TJ can get it every year type of thing. It's just that to me, Cam is actually crushing it right now, man. So he has to. He has why not? to. When we see, and, and I'm, I'm saying this with, with a, a fair context that Chris Wormley, Isaiah Bugs, and some other guys who have taken the places of some injured players have done okay at times, mm-hmm. but Wormley was the one in particular who was getting gashed by the Seahawks, yeah. and Pete Carroll and his staff saw it, and they were just like, where's 95? All right, that's <laughs> where we're going. And, and when you have a player – in that position who has to pick up so much slack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a different world than the one TJ's living in. Look, TJ's making his impact. Yes. But it's just not the same thing. It, it's, no. it's This is something else entirely. It's special. And, and I say this too. Cam compliments TJ also. Just to throw that out there, like TJ is dynamic. His seven sacks on the season is huge. Even with a bye week, I think he's number three in the NFL right now. His quarterback, Harry's quarterback hits and everything else are just as high and all of his other record-breaking years. His TFLs, too. It's just a matter that at that position with the way Cam is playing, even still, what is this, year 10 for Cam, 9, 10 for him? He's still pushing the envelope to continue to get better. And he, I'm going to say he has no help in the inside, but he's got a bunch of young guys or guys is not playing like a Tuit Will or Hargraves, who is also killing it. This might be his Pro Bowl year right here. I mean, he's making enough noise in, in, in uh, Philadelphia, Hargraves, where it's like, man, it would have been nice to keep him, but the price oh. tag wouldn't allow it. 
No, would not they, have they, allowed the, the Eagles really paid up for him and good for Javon. I mean, it's, yeah. this is this is this is a really good football player. We but, knew that when he was here. Yeah, know? we did. And he was just steady every year, new level. Every year, new level. And he's finally at that point where you're like, oh, that's why you paid him that much. That's the reason the Steelers couldn't afford to keep him. Um, offensively, I, I honestly have nobody that I can give team MVP to. Um, well, let's tr- what if we sep- let's let's separate it then, okay? Because I don't either. Okay. I, I okay. can't I can't do that. Because like if I, I if I start thinking about the other potential candidates for for MVP, I immediately start thinking about okay. Eventually, the football is going to start finding Minka again, and we're going to start singing about Minka <laughs> because he has yet to have a, a, a takeaway the entire season. Yeah, um, that's gonna change. It just is. So, but then on the offensive side of the ball, go ahead. Go ahead, give it a offensive shot. Offensive side, I'm I'm leaning towards Najee just simply because his touches and what he's been able to do in a run pass game. Uh, ben has did a good job of, fi- of feeding him the ball, but if you look at the receivers, there's honestly too many to name as far as who's done what and also who's been up, who's been down as far as injuries being active and active. There's been no flow. There's been a whole lot of ebb when it comes to that group as far as saying, like, hey, this guy's here. You count him every single play. It's been some nice surprises, but as far as MVP of the offense, I probably side with Najee because his impact has been good when given the opportunity. I'm looking at the the, the stat line right now of who's done what offensively. Ebron's not having the year he's had last year. Um, James Washington's just not getting into the fold. Deontay's missed a couple games here and there. Um, and Juju's down for the year. Chase has been up been down. All of them got that P word, potential. The nice, I, I think the offense has probably had more surprises. I think Ben has played better than everybody's giving him credit for. I think uh, Pat Fryermuth has been a young guy that's going to be good. The young nucleus of this team can be really good, and I think you probably need more of those guys taking that step to where this offense can get on the same page. To me, the talent is top to bottom, DK, is good. It's just that, all right, turn the light on. Put your big boy pants on and show me who you are. That's what I'm really waiting for from these young guys. When I text you about the last game about, you know, who's going to be the pick, you know, I was like, well, when they're playing against Denver, Juju's down. It's going to be interesting to see who's going to be the guy that Ben goes to. I think, honestly, they might have had, as far as the team goes, maybe not as far as the league goes, they may have had too many number ones, meaning Juju can be a number one. Deontay can be a number one. Chase can be a number one. You know what I'm saying? Like James Washington can be a number one. So I'm sure that probably forces certain stuff on Ben or forces certain stuff on the coordinator to be like, I got to get him the ball. I got to get him the ball. I got to get him the ball. Juju being out, I'm waiting to see who's going to be the guy that steps up because now you centralize on who's the guy. Yeah, that's that's why if I had to take somebody on offense, I would go with the same guy. It would be Najee strictly because of the touches. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that not that he hasn't done well with the touches, but he's he's earning them. Um, even if I were to try to get a little bit, uh, you know, go a little bit off the board here and say someone like Deontay because he's getting the bulk of the targets. Uh, if Deontay is getting targeted 12, 14 times a game and mm-hmm. effectively, you know, and I know that the person who's going to end up being credited as MVP for that is going to be the quarterback. Okay, that's just that's just okay. That's just how it goes because that mean that'll mean that Ben is on his game because when Ben locks on to a guy, 
Yeah. It it tends to mean good things for him. That's it does. that's been that's been true forever. Whenever he starts spreading it out too much, it's like uh, you know. So so peep this about your Najee take. I'm looking at it right now, pro football reference. I like going to them sometimes, but like Deontay's got 50 targets. Chase Claypool, 42. Najee, 46. Yeah. Yeah. And and the offensive line has spoken uh, passionately over the past couple of weeks about how much they're feeding off of finally getting the running game going yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And that in and of itself is going to be an interesting dynamic to watch. Um, man. There's there's talent there, Moan. That's, that's the so thing. Much. That's the thing that drives you. You know, there's there's talent there. Where's the step? And that's yeah. all you're looking for. That's why I got to give it to Najee right now, man. Like, take that step, young guys. Like, fast. Yeah. yeah, this is it. This is if you're gonna break through, this would be a really nice time to do that. And I think that does go for Deontay as well. And I don't mean to let him off the hook here, right? Oh, and you know who else? Might also be welcome to step up a little bit would be number 11 because Chase Claypool was targeted seven times against Seattle, made two catches, did not play well at all. And when you watch that game that Cincinnati played yesterday and you see the impact that, oh, my goodness, that's not just Joe Burrow. But you know what, Moan? Let's save the Cincinnati talk for our next segment here, which is going to be that. AFC North that no one can understand right now when we come back here on the Ramon Foster Show. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. As promised, we're going to talk about the AFC North. Ramon, this used to be an easy conversation, remember? Where it would be Pittsburgh versus Baltimore, and then we'd come over and we'd come over to you guys, the offensive linemen, and say, so what's it going to take to make sure you take Cleveland seriously this weekend? Or what's it going to take to make sure you take Cincinnati seriously? And you'd be, you guys would be this. Hang on. This is actually a true thing. This is before when, one of those years when Cleveland won one out of 32 games. Yeah. They come over and I'm talking to Dave. See, I can say this stuff now since now yeah. so I come over. I'm talking to David DeCastro and Dave, how important is it that you take the Browns seriously? And Dave comes back. Well, it's very important that we take the Browns seriously. And then, you know, my, my recorder goes off and he goes, effing college team, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> he wasn't lying. Effing college team, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you got to paint it up. You got to put lipstick on a pig when it comes down to it in the heat of it. But and now. Mom, and Moan, you had an even better one. This was one of the, this was one of those same years when I, when I asked, when I said to you, Something about the Browns. Again, this is that same group, not these guys. Yeah. And I said, uh, I said, Moan, so, you know, just so we get done, we get done with the interview. Same thing. Well, are you going to take the Browns seriously? I turn the recorder off and you go, we will go up there and treat them as such. I, re- I never forget that. Treat them as such. Yeah, you got to be respectful of the opponent and for, you know, pulling back the curtain a little bit. Just being completely honest, there are certain games you're like, yeah, we gonna, we're, we're going to fight them, and it's going to be good, and it's going to be a battle. But at the end of the day, I could always count on by the third, third, third quarter, their head is looking towards the ground, and they're just ready to be over with. 
Oh, like yeah. there would be numerous times, especially when we had Cincy closer to the end of the season and about week 13 or so, they're out of playoff contention. And you just be having a conversation all, <laughs> off record with you. It's like, yeah, this is one of them. <laughs> you want them to be packing up their cars type of, type of game. <laughs> That's the truth. But now. Now it's not, not that. Not so much. Whoa, did you see this Cincinnati Baltimore game? What in that? What do you even think about the Bengals after you watch that? 10-10 at halftime, and you thinking, man, since he's just surviving. They're just surviving. That's the way I, I – you know, when I saw the recap of it, oh, they're just surviving. And now I'm looking at it, and I'm like, this team is good. And I'm not sure if they're ahead of schedule. I'm not sure any of that to be, you know, an excuse for them. I think they just got a young group that's good. That quarterback, we saw it last year. And he had to grow. And now he's at a point where he's got the Macaulay Calkin smirk on the sideline. He's got his buddy in Jamar Chase. We've been knowing, even when since he was bad, Joe Mixon is good. Well, it's about time people are noticing that. But okay, yeah. We've we've been knowing that. I know. And, inside, and just, yeah. Inside. And it's a simple fact that he get a quarterback. He get a half-put offensive line that's growing also. But they're – Offensive coordinator, the head coach, they got all of the ruckus out of the building too, and now they're just playing football. And I'm just the looking ruckus. at it like there goes Pac-Man and Vontez. They're the ruckus. <laughs> you, but it was just so many antics behind a good game to where they had the talent. Heck, again, to that game in 2015, I think it was when they had us. They had us beat. We were done. We were going home. Lo and behold. They let us back in. But now it's none of that. Again, when you get a young quarterback that can control the tempo, that can make plays, and they're playing lights out even on defense, like, that team is good. Again, but I'll say this too, DK. What is the AFC before we get to the North? What is the AFC at this point also? Well, once as soon as you start seeing Kansas City getting blown out, uh, all bets are off, and I'm sure, I'm sure I speak for gamblers when I say that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, there's a lot of money being lost inside the conference these days. It's just um, like a kid almost. You give a kid a piece of candy for doing good, and then they're jumping off the wall, and then they're getting in trouble at school. Like that's what the AFC is right now. The Chargers, bam, killing it, beating everybody. Then they lose bit, they lose bad. The Raiders, they're leading the AFC West right now. The Titans have beat two of the best teams in the AFC when it comes down to it. Well, I'll say in the last few years. You, you, and then you look at, like I said, Buffalo. They're supposed to be the best team and then get smoked by the Titans. What is it? Baltimore. They do big nationally. Lamar is throwing. He's a, a, a come-from-behind winner at quarterback. And then 41 points? 41 to 17. Yeah. And, I mean, I you know, I – I saw it suggested on Sunday that the Bengals might be the best team in the conference. And before I could even finish a sentence like that with a straight face, that that performance in Baltimore was so convincing on so many different levels. And while I, I will respect that the Ravens won five of their first six games despite having 14 guys on ER IR, including most of their secondary, which is what the Bengals obviously exploited with Burrow getting 436 passing yards. 400. But but half of that went to one dude. 
And that to me, that when with Jamar Chase and the plays that he's oh making, gosh. that look, that's that was A B stuff, Moan. Yeah, somebody's okay. comparing them to like, of course, you always throw this out there, but he's Randy Moss esque at this point. Yeah, I mean, his there was a there was a his 82 yard touchdown was a just a quick pass into the into the flat, and he could have been caught flat footed. Yeah. In that situation with that route, there's two Ravens right there. Textbook stuff, man. Yeah. Dick LeBeau. I mean, they were yeah. just right there to tackle the catch. Yeah. Two of them. And he spins and twists and turns. The next thing you know, all you see is his back running down the field. And I just, I'm not going to go that far about the Bengals because I'm not sold on their defense. I love the improvements that they made. Obviously, Mike Hilton. But, but, you know that wasn't supposed to happen against Baltimore. Like, let's be real here. Right. It, it wasn't Not supposed there. to happen. And Jamar Chase, like, about this guy, I saw somebody, Jeff Schwartz, who's an analyst now, former NFL player too, and he had to eat crow. He said, "Hey, I'm I'm here to eat it all right now." I was On wrong Cincinnati? about Jamar Chase. No, about Jamar Chase and Panay Sewell. He said, okay. "You pick Jamar Chase." He was like, "I was wrong," and he just Panay Sewell is an Oregon guy. That's his dude. And he had to admit, like, Jamar Chase is that is that guy. Like, right now, what you're going to see in the AFC North is teams drafting corners to stop him. The improvement oh, yeah. of the secondary oh, yeah. is crucial if you want to beat this guy because he's seen everything that you can throw at him. Just looking at the teams they've played, the Vikings, Bears, Pittsburgh's got a solid secondary, the Jags, in, Green Bay, Detroit, Baltimore, like, these teams at least got good defenses or offenses that can compete. Truth be told, if it wasn't for a doink of a hit against the uh, against Green Bay on the kick, they beat Green oh, Bay. Right, right, right. They beat Green Bay too. I forgot about that. Like, yeah, let's if not you, forget if, 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 that. And I know what other guys that I don't want to forget here is we're talking about Chase a lot, but when you have T. Higgins and, and Tyler Boyd yeah. out there. I mean, Tyler Boyd is Tyler Boyd is what your three? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is this is and 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 then you you factor in the tight end as well that they've been using a lot. Yeah. Uh, th- there's a lot there. I, 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 to come back to the North Moan, you're still going to have Baltimore be in this the whole way. I don't care yeah. how many guys they, they have injured, but they always are. Last year they showed up at Heinz Field with like what. 26 players like a JV high school roster and almost beat the Steelers. Why? Because they have that Baltimore thing going for them that obviously hasn't faded. They're still going to be in this. Lamar Jackson is going to be, is going to make sure that he keeps them in this. Mm -hmm. Um, Cleveland. uh, I guess we'll find out this weekend, right? Well, well, let's say this. They, they found a way to win simple this past Thursday night with the run game. That was huge. And they needed it to be no offensive backfield. That was all O-line moan. That was an O-line special. It, it, it was, but they're being hit big time by the injury bug. Baker, what what is Baker? Right now, if you ask, ask me who's the better team in the North, right now from this past week, it's got to be Cincinnati. Like, I, I know the season got to work its way out, but the way they're playing right now, you can't even deny it. It's clean. It's good. The playmakers and young guys is doing what you asked them to do. Mike Hilton has been playing the way you need him to also. I mean, they've done the right thing. Sam Hubbard. I mean, I'm, and even uh, like on my show here in Nashville, we do a top seven, bottom three. 
It's for my number, okay? Instead of doing the top ten. And truth be told, I got it the I've first been, time. You I've didn't been, have to explain it. <laughs> I just got to throw that out there. I, I honestly have been pushing Cincinnati down because I didn't know if it was real. Oh, I've been well. pushing Cincy down like, nah, whatever. But now I'm at a point, DK, where I'm just tip of the hat. It's clean. Yeah, yeah it's. Is it scary know, for the North? It it it's it's something it's something for sure. <laughs> I, I think when when you look at when you look at this division, you know I saw somebody saying this is going to be the first division that's ever going to send all four teams to a playoff. <laughs> we'll see about that. There's a long way to go, uh, but but when you look at when you look at Cleveland, they might be the one wild card out of the other three teams in it because if they are fully healthy and yeah. they do have both of those running backs going, um, they're a handful. They really are. They're they're a handful. I don't know that they're going to have enough time between now and Sunday when the Steelers go up there uh, to have that offensive back. Obviously, Kareem Hunt's not going to be available, but yeah. you know, Nick Chubb, uh, Baker Mayfield, and then do you even want Baker Mayfield? That's an, that's the latest conversation because well, Case Keenum came in and played well. And well, well, to that point to Cleveland this week um, for the Steelers, that run game was nasty on Thursday night. That's something that they got to make sure they're on top of. And I know Cam and TJ going to lead the charge, but you don't want that to be the game plan because the Johnson kid out of nowhere got LeBron tweeting at him and stuff like that. Like, this is the North, though. This is the classic AFC North, man. Yeah, I remember I remember a certain offensive line blocking uh, for Jalen Samuels and 200-some all-purpose yards against <laughs> the Patriots of all teams. And I remember thinking, wow, that is, that's an O-line game. That's what Cleveland had was a big O-line game here. But here's the other thing I want to bring up about the AFC North. Pittsburgh still exists. They do. Okay. They do. Tell me which AFC North team on any given Sunday that the Steelers could, couldn't beat if they had everything going. And again, when I said a second ago, like, this is the North. Like, this is what you get. Like, those games we talk trash about losing to Cleveland or beating Cleveland and stuff like that, you still had to play it out. It's just now it's more legitimate. And Pittsburgh can position themselves late. Like, it's it's a streak thing. It's a today we're better than you. Not over the season. And that's it doesn't what matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's that's just the, all that matters is the one day. <laughs> yeah, and that's what you're going to do. Like, this weekend, I wouldn't be shocked if Pittsburgh beat Cleveland considering, I mean – the O-line for the Steelers has gotten better. It's gotten a whole lot better. We're seeing more consistency. Hopefully, Zach gets into the fold, but do you even want to mess that up right now? We could, man, DK, we can go on and on about this one, but they can beat anybody or lose anybody. When we come back to the Ramon Foster show, and I don't think you're going to want to miss this one. It's going to be a really fun slice of life. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. It's time, as always, in the final segment for a slice of life with Ramon. We're going to do something a little bit different today and talk about your, yours and mine and, and really a lot of people's favorite football stadiums. And I, I just want to say to start off with, as, a, as kind of a precursor here, that football stadiums aren't easy to design and draw like you know how you no. can always think of really 
and, and as someone who covers all sports, like I have a really easy time saying, "Oh, this baseball park, this is the this is yeah. the best one," because it has you know there's a the building that's attached to it or the skyline or whatever. Well, football stadiums, you got to come up with seventy thousand seats. You can't get all that creative. You can put yeah. a pirate ship in the end zone like the Buccaneers did, and that's about it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And that yeah. said. Let's start first with college from your standpoint here. Favorite college stadium. You can't be a homer here. So you can't say, uh, I know what you were going to do here. There's no Tennessee involved in this. Because we had the orange and white checkerboard like like Mm. two weekends ago, and it was was amazing. I won't lie to you. I I saw it. I saw it. It's pretty neat. Um, But my, my best one. Okay. Best looking stadium to play at. It it may be Swamp. It was it was good to always go there. It was fun to go play there. The atmosphere is out of this out of this world. Florida, the swamp was amazing. I absolutely loved it. Georgia's got nice scenery. You drive through campus, see everything, man. Like that stadium is awesome. So I think the one that probably meant the most to even just be playing there. It's got to be Notre Dame. Yeah. Just, I, I, it, I actually had a feeling you were going to go there. <laughs> Notre Dame playing there, man, the history of it. And and back then, I'm not even sure, you know, what was it, <clears throat> 06, 07 when we played there. I don't think they had the video board or anything in the stadium. So you're getting pure Oh, you're football. Rudy. That's all Rudy. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Like the, the <laughs> touchdown Jesus back there, you see all of that. The small bleeping locker room for the visitors. I hated that. Okay, that was just. I hate that aspect of it, but what that stadium is, the fan base, the the band that's playing down there in the end zone, the grass and how they somehow grow it long to slow people down. Uh, even that is, was, I would go back again to South Bend. That was a beautiful, beautiful stadium. And I, I enjoy playing in Notre Dame. That had to be just from a, from a personal standpoint, like, I understand it's a team game and everything else like that, but you as a college athlete yeah. at the time, you had to be thinking, even though that's not your stadium or whatever, I'm I'm playing yeah. here. Yeah. Like, not, not the rest, just, just you. I made it here. That is really cool. It was so good because Notre Dame's a team you always see on TV. Why? Because they have the contract on NBC, but it's yeah, so yeah. Beautiful to see it and actually be in the haven of your like, oh, and, and just recognizing the history. Like, like you said, it's not my history there, but I played on the same field that a lot of legends have. Let's not act like that's not a historic and seeing the gold helmets and everything else. Now, I'll, I'll say this to the two Cali teams, UCLA playing like in the Rose Bowl, the backdrop, the, the, the sunset. Friggin' phenomenal, man. And I got to give it for Cal, too. It's just different. There. Not necessarily the atmosphere, but just looking around and seeing, like, <laughs> people up in the trees because they're, like, preserved the trees and protests. And they don't really care about the game. Like, when we showed up there for the SEC, you know, SEC traveling and stuff like that, our fan base, it was just cool seeing something different and how Californians, like, look at football the way we do. It was cool. But playing in, like, UCLA, the Rose Bowl, when we played them on um, Labor Day weekend, Labor Day Monday, that was pretty awesome, too, because it was September and friggin' nice weather, man. It was real cool. Now, college stadiums can have more character than NFL stadiums, as I mentioned. Uh, You're going to see some that are starting to look a little bit different. Um, certainly the monstrosity that they've just built in Los Angeles is going to be oh one of those. 
Um, now they've, you know, in, in Minneapolis, they have one that mimics the one that they, that the Cowboys have in Arlington. And you're going to, that's, you're going to start seeing a lot of that. Those are the indoor ones, the domed ones, which one to you and jumps out at you. The one where you see, you walk in and you, you had, it doesn't necessarily have to be history or character, but just in general that jumps out to you. And you just said, that's just like an amazing place. I just played it an amazing place. Uh, on the NFL side, yeah, NFL. Um, New Orleans. Oh, Mercedes Benz. Whoa, I didn't see that coming. I, I'll just say, man, if y'all hadn't traveled to a Steelers Saints game, treat yourself, okay? And DK, you know what I mean by that too. I oh, you know what? I gotta tell. I gotta admit though, the first thing that comes to mind when I was down there. First of all, it is negatives. You you don't see the press box that's just hanging from the roof. Okay, it's not. It's it's a kind of a creepy experience way up there. Second thing that comes to mind is AB catching about fifty balls that day and almost single handedly beating yeah. one of the best defenses in the world. Um, but the structure itself, it floors you. It it, really it does. does, and just the fans and the crowds, like like Hansfield's got so loud. amazing. But their fans, the the echo off the ceiling, the party that they're playing, that that yin yang song that they're played, like it's well, they time play to get- that they play that when the 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 the, the, the song that you uh, two and Green Day did for them uh, about the Saints. I can't remember the name of it right yeah. now, but it was done at post Katrina. They play this, yeah. they blast this thing as the New Orleans players comes on, and it's just like you just go. Whoa! That that environment is—it's <laughs> it's almost like okay, you feel like it's us against them. It really feels like it there, okay? Mm-hmm. It's big time. But like the, to be floored by stadium, the Cowboy Stadium is AT and T. It's it's out oh, of this yeah. world. But you can't even really enjoy it because you're looking up and you're hurting your neck doing the whole thing, man. And, and I'm—you should try it from the other direction. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, we need we need a not binoculars. You need a telescope to see the action from the press. Straight up, there. it's it's almost like team too much but it's justified because it's Dallas and they got so much room and money to do anything there. But um, it's a few that I've just, even on on the TV side of it, been just like, I gotta go. Raiders have to see in Vegas, have to see that stadium. Also want to see the LA uh, Rams stadium. It's a must. I see those two men because it it looked like art pieces, you know what I'm saying? But it's it's also one of those ones like this, a good time. It looked like a really good football environment. And who doesn't want to go to L.A. or Vegas? You know? No, I, I'll, I'll throw in out of like, uh, I guess, out of obligation, the couple of stadiums that the NFL has left that have some tradition to them. You know, one is the obvious in Lambeau Field. We were just there still, yep. a couple of weeks ago. When you're in there, you mm-hmm. know where you are because of all those place. bleachers that still circle the lower and bowl. And it goes up. Up. That stadium goes up really Straight like a up. bowl. And as a result, it stays as a tight bowl, and the crowd is so loud and on top of you. And the yeah. other one is is Soldier Field. I know the memories yep. from there aren't all that pleasant for anybody who made the last trip. But uh, Soldier Field, again, you know where you are uh, w- when you're in there. Um, this is the, the – the, the, on a related subject, I have to bring this up with you. Heinz Field – itself and i understand when it's packed like the, the seattle game the environment was just wonderful the yeah. crowd really came through national tv it was old school steelers environment and everything 
if you had to make a change to Heinz Field, what would it be? Like a like a, an improvement. Somebody gives you X amount of million dollars and say you can you can do this with it. What would you do? It it really ain't a whole lot to do to a DK because now the space has been taken up by parking garage. Yeah, you can't be putting one of those sliding roofs on it, huh? Yeah, like- you, you can't. Like, it sounds good to do that, but honestly, that wouldn't be Pittsburgh. I'll be honest with you. A half dome, I don't think it would be Pittsburgh. I think it's miserable for teams to come there and the grass is a little soggy and sure. – crowd is a little rowdy and is hazy in the backdrop because Pittsburgh Western PA got that West and got that that gray haze all the time I Jerome the- truck and Brian Urlacher isn't the same thing without the snowflakes falling around it right <laughs> so I, I I don't think Pittsburgh will ever get one of those like big uh, I think they call them the big four Super Bowl raw like mm-hmm. Wrestlemania and stuff like that they get a bunch of concerts in the summertime but yeah. I don't think it'll get anything crazy like that considering Winter times are harsh, and I loved it as a player, but improvements to it, DK. What can you do? I, I don't got two. I got two. You do? I, I've I've been ready for this one. I for guarantee a, a it's on the media time. side. Let me hear it. No, no, no. Pre- it's, it's a good press box. Press no, co- this, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, this is this is about I remember the press box is where the coaches and the GMs and the owners watch it from. So it's a press box is in is in great shape at Heinz Field. The things you've seen. Yes. No, I would do two things. I would take that that really weird lame silver collar that they have to the steel, and okay. I would make it the dark, deep, oxidized steel from the steel building downtown. Yeah. Have it look like like Pittsburgh tough, right? The other yeah. thing, and this is not an original idea, and it's definitely not mine, but back when it was originally built, you know the two rotundas? Mm-hmm. The, okay. Each rotunda would have had, in one original concept, a giant brick smokestack oh, coming out of it. Like and the... when the Steelers score a touchdown, <laughs> flames come out. That will be solid. Now that you say that, that's pretty tough. Pittsburgh Steelers. Instead of those silly, stupid white cocktail (laughs) umbrellas that they have on top of that, on top of those rotundas. Okay. Smokestack. Touchdown Steelers. That makes sense to me, man. I'm going to be completely honest with you. That actually works pretty good. Like the ones (laughs) in the waterfront. They yeah. could actually take them, take two of them. Charlie Batch knows people in Homestead. You can go down there and just say, hey, Charlie, can you just ask for two of those smokestacks and we'll get a few friends to take them on up the river and, and we'll put them right at Heinz Field. Uh, by the way, so shout out to Charlie, man, killing it, number one. But secondly, he's Mr. Pittsburgh, needs to run for mayor. He, his community center is almost done, DK. And Charlie just continues to do Charlie things. So him getting them smokestacks moved over. It would just add. It would just add to the Charlie legend. There's no question about that. Moan, this has been a blast. It's been good. We went long, but DK was needed. It was necessary. It's okay. Yeah, the bye week had to do some had to do some uh, makeup work here. Do I have them beating the Browns? That is a question. Friday pick. Oh, okay. Well, we'll do that then. (laughs) All right, let's do it again next week. Thanks to everybody for watching.